Adams the offensive board. Gives for Morant. Morant wants Bain to clear out. He wants to go downhill at Thomas Bryant, the big man. He'll step into a left wing three. Rattles it home. Bring it up. Put three on the board for John Morant. Morant downhill. Step back three over Harrell on the way. Ring it up. Okay. Put three on the board. Okay. Look out. Ja Morant is starting to heat up from outside the arc. Okay, Ja. Okay. Morant drives into the lane in transition. Lays it up. Lays it in. A feed on the left wing from across the court. It came from the right side from Melton. Morant caught it. Went right in the center of the paint. Lays it home. He's got 12. Morant around a screen from Adams into the lane. Hangs. Wild scoop and finger roll is good. Oh, the athleticism on display once again. The young man can soar through the night. Morant around an Adams screen. Working at Abia into the lane. Running right hand floater. It's too easy. He's playing chess. Everybody else playing checkers right now. John Morant has 26. Morant walks into another three. Ran it up with three go. more on the board. John Morant's got 32. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Well, that rejoin makes absolutely no sense because... Yep. We're talking about Tom Brady. Uh, is Tom Brady I needed to feel good about something today, Tyler. Yeah, where's all the Bengals highlights? What happened here? Um, I played the Tom, one where he wore a chain. You did. Is Tom Brady retiring? Uh, I actually think he is. Even though Dad Brady said it's not done yet, and don't believe the media reports, but um, you have your did Tom Brady get mad at the media scooped him? I think Tom Brady, when it happens, wants to do it himself. I think he'll announce it on social media, Twitter. Um, he's got his Instagram page. He, I think he's going to announce it that way, and I do think he's going to make his own announcement. It's definitely going to be sponsored. Yes, yes. Like, it, his his retirement yes. is absolutely sponsored. He's doing Subway commercials, and he doesn't eat bread. True. true. I'm surprised it's if it's not, like, going to be a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> oh, good God. Wow. Oh, good I Lord. I think of that. I'm Tom Brady, and I'm hanging it up so I can well, drink Heineken. I yeah, exactly. Like, if, if you were a company and you bought a Super Bowl ad, how do you, like – win the Super Bowl commercial battle is you just, you don't even say anything about your brand. You just say, uh, yeah, have Tom Brady say he's retiring and then just flash your logo at the end and that's it. Doritos. Yeah. Sponsored by or, Tom Brady's retirement. Yeah, or just have Tom Brady hold it like in his hands. Like I can finally eat these now or something <laughs> stupid like that. Like that'd be the greatest commercial ever. So. I'm still not going to, but yeah, I totally but I could. could. <laughs> but I could. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a level here of Tom Brady just being upset that Adam Schefter reported this before Brady got to right. announce it. Uh, because here's the other part. If Tom Brady was coming back, uh, Tom Brady would have simply just said yesterday or yes, Saturday, I'm coming back. Like, yeah. it wouldn't be Tom Brady's dad says he hasn't made up his mind yet. It would have Tom Brady would have tweeted something like, guys, I'm not going anywhere. Or he would have just talked to somebody. Like, yeah. So I think this is just a case of Tom Brady wanted to make his own announcement. So let me ask you this on the Buccaneers. What should they do at quarterback? Should they hit like a reset button and say that was a good two-year run? Let's restart. Or should the Buccaneers be trying to go get Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, one of these quarterbacks well. that can conceivably... Keep them in contention. All right, calm down now because we know what Josh McDaniels told Mark Davis about Derek Carr. So Derek Carr is not going anywhere. They're about to extend Derek Carr. Josh McDaniels believes he can win with Derek Carr, at least be better in the red zone. Uh, I don't know why anyone that has a playoff-type 
Super Bowl roster would not call the Packers at some point. Like, yeah. it could be like a two-second conversation, but it might not be. I, I think they're too good to say let's hit the reset button. And I've got to be honest with you, because it was Tom Brady, remind me who the backup was. Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Ah, okay, so I'm calling on Aaron Rodgers. So we talked about this last week with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and how I don't think there's many destinations where Aaron Rodgers could go and he's in a better position to win a division and ultimately win a Super Bowl than Green Bay. Tampa Bay is one. Tampa yes. Bay is, yes. is a team that's a destination given how bad that division looks. That is a place Aaron Rodgers could go and you could and you would say they've got a better shot to win the Super Bowl than he would in Green Bay. So that adds like what to me it's like what what did we have three teams two teams last week like the Colts were one and now the Buccaneers are one that you could go to immediate favorite in that division good roster immediate Super Bowl contender everywhere else you're maybe not a Super Bowl contender or you're not even first in your own division but Tampa Bay well, makes a lot of sense and as you have written down here they lost Sean Payton they're going to probably lose Brady look at the quarterbacks now in this division oh Matt Brutal. Ryan. Blaine Gabbert, Taysom Hill, or Jameis Winston, and, and Sam, Sam Darnold. Yes, I think if Rodgers went there, he'd be the favorite. He'd be he'd be far more of a favorite than if he came to the AFC West. Yeah. Well, so, well guys, don't count out Trevor Simeon. <laughs> so it's uh, it's interesting. So I, I'm curious to see what the Bucks do because obviously they've got a good roster. Obviously their division sucks. They could. I mean, in, in all seriousness, if just if we take Derek Carr. If Derek Carr went to the Buccaneers, they're the favorites to win that division. Like, and that roster's good enough. Oh, definitely, could, definitely. You, you yeah, the roster's good say, enough. Yeah. yeah, you could easily Absolutely. say, hey, they're they're kind of like the Rams. Really good roster. Solid, but not yeah. great quarterback play. They can win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. So that, to me, it, it'll be curious to see which quarterbacks are actually available. Because I'm still not convinced Rodgers is actually going to be available. Because, again, it doesn't make much sense for the Packers to trade him. Um, uh, Derek Carr, if McDaniels loves him, he won't be available. Will Russell Wilson actually be available? Will Deshaun Watson actually be available? Like it, it we get, might get all excited about quarterbacks like we did last offseason. And, and Jimmy changes. Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. might be the best quarterback that's right. available, right? Right, like that might be the big quarterback move of the offseason is Jimmy Garoppolo goes to Tampa or Pittsburgh or wherever the hell Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up. So. <laughs> That'll be a bummer if that happens. Time out, Tyler. You're not you're not in the studio. Ed, what was that? Did you hear the feedback? That was my bad. What you just punched something. No, it it, it was bothering me that the one armrest was up and not down. This stuff bothers me. <laughs> so I put the armrest down and I tried not to hit the console, but I hit the console and there was some feedback. I apologize, that's my problem. How did you get one armrest up and one armrest down? It was not like my it? chair. It's the one sitting next to me. <laughs> This is great. I love it. Uh, all right. Jimmy Garoppolo. Just, you, guys, kept, you guys go I, ahead. I've been looking at it for 15 minutes. I'm like, I don't like this at all. This one armrest is up and the other one's down. I'm putting this thing down. <laughs> I'm weird that way. All right. It was Here's just delightful. Other... Just to, Ed just looked at me like, sorry. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just like, what the hell just happened? Here's the other question on Brady's retirement and kind of shoehorn in here Aaron Rodgers potentially retiring or leaving Green Bay who's going to be good in the NFC next year because Tampa and Green Bay have been the one and the two seed back-to-back -back year or have been uh, Green Bay's been the one seed back-to-back -back years Tampa didn't win the division last year but they've been the two best regular season teams pretty much the last two years like is it just going to be the NFC West and everybody else kind of sucks in the NFC how about them Cowboys I, 
Yes, like it, that's the answer, I think. I think that's like, the answer. Well, and as I said before, it's the answer until McCarthy gets in the playoffs, and then <laughs> and we, we're going to see what's going to happen with that guy. Um, NFC West will be the best division. Yeah. I, I, I think the Cowboys, if they don't screw around and screw it up again, if and, you're, you know, look, I mean, that's assuming Brady and Rodgers are gone because I think, obviously, if Rodgers comes back to the Packers, they're better than the yeah. Cowboys, and the Buccaneers probably are. Brady changes his mind, or he actually has not even made up his mind. But if both those are gone, Eagles pretty good, but the Cowboys, I think, would be considered the best team. Look, I mean, if the Rams win the Super Bowl, the Rams, I mean, Trey Lance with the Niners, I'm not sure. Um, we saw Arizona. Arizona will probably be as good or better. But I'd say the Cowboys. It's interesting because you look at the AFC and, you know, we've talked about it, what the Raiders should do simply because there are five teams with young quarterbacks that are good. Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and L.A. Like those five teams have good young quarterbacks. And it's kind of hard to imagine many teams outside of that five going to a Super Bowl in the next five to 10 years because of how long those quarterback could be with those teams and how much those five could dominate the AFC. The NFC is wide open. Right. I mean, if, if Rodgers and Brady were to both retire, the NFC is unbelievably wide open. And you've got good teams in the NFC West, but I don't think even with the Rams in the Super Bowl, I don't think anybody's looking at the Rams thinking, I can't beat them. Like They're absolutely a team that, would be sort of more towards the pack than a big favorite next year. And so the Cowboys are there, but Mike McCarthy exists. Like it's, it's a wide open conference. That's it's fascinating to see the difference in the two, because if the Raiders were in the NFC instead of the AFC, I'd be telling you, yeah, you got to go all in this year because in 2022, if there's no Brady, if there's no Rogers, the Raiders were probably one of the three or four best teams or have a chance if they play well to be one of the three or four best teams. Like they could do that, no doubt. But in the AFC, I'm kind of thinking this is going to suck. They don't have a well, chance in hell of getting to the Super Bowl. You're right. We're about to see one of the, and, and if they all stay healthy, one of the greatest eras of quarterback play in both our minds in the next five to 10 years. Those yep. matchups are going to be absolutely incredible in the playoffs. We saw already what it did this year. With those five guys, the next, you know, five to eight to ten years, again, they all have to stay healthy. It will be one of the best eras in football. Is uh, is Herbert about to get the same fate as Phillip Rivers, where he has a great career yeah. but just never wins yeah. anything? He absolutely Like, could. are we about to have that? Yeah. Poor Chargers. <laughs> Herbert already looking for his high school job? Yeah. Well, like, like Phillip Rivers, legitimately a great quarterback absolutely. for a long time. But, oh, Peyton Manning exists. Oh, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady exists. exists. Yep. Oh, we somehow can't make the playoffs even though we're good and we're the Chargers. Somehow like, Ben Roethlisberger gets in right. whenever you're yeah. like. Right. It's like, oh, and it feels like that could happen again with Herbert, where Herbert could have a great career. We Like, Herbert could have 15 years of being awesome, and the Chargers make the playoffs like seven times and never get to the AFC Championship game. Like, I don't know. So, I mean, one of those five is going to end up that way. There's like all five aren't going to be great and, and go to Super Bowls or whatever. Like some, one of those five, maybe multiple of those five are going to be like looking back in five and six years saying, how did we not make it to a Super Bowl? Or how did we not make it to an AFC title game with this quarterback? And it's going to be, well, four other teams were in the same scenario as you and they did just a little bit better. And that's all it took. So it could be. A great day when Big Ben is an afterthought. If all of this happens in the Hall of Fame class is Brady, Rodgers, and Big Ben. 
and Big Ben would be a complete afterthought. You'd be like, all right, Ben, you you, you get the first. You you, you speak well, first. Yeah, and also, do you really want Big Ben speaking aloud? <laughs> like public speech, like speaking in sentences doesn't seem to be his strong suit. Actually, that's a good point. If Aaron Rodgers is playing the long game here, he can't retire when Tom Brady retires. Uh, not if he's thinking in those terms, no. Right. Like, if you're just thinking your Hall of Fame enshrinement, like, you got to be like, oh, Brady retired? No, right. thanks. I don't want to be a part of that Hall of Fame right. enshrinement because it's not going to be about me. No, it's 99% Brady, all his numbers. Like, you retire one year later? Yep, yeah, we'll we'll talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers. But if you retire, if you retire the same time as uh, Tom Brady, you, you'll be hoping you don't get the votes to get in the first year <laughs> because you'd be like, eh, don't vote for me this year. Rogers fell one vote short. Yeah, we'll push it off to next time. All right, coming up next. Uh oh, is the United States in trouble to make the World Cup? Afternoon drive with a hammer. If I were still sending Christmas cards, I would just get a box of Christmas cards and I would not do a picture. Oh, yes, you would. You would do a picture with your dog. No, I wouldn't. You know why I would not do that? Because I'm not spending the money <laughs> on glossy pictures with the copies and so on and so forth. I'm going to go get a box of cards. And you know when I'm going to get them? December 26th. <laughs> and I'm going to put them away for the following year. Cofield and Company. Drive Time Radio. Monday through Friday. This traffic report is brought to you by Brakes Only Mobile Service. We come to you. A note from NDOT. The 15 southbound off-ramp at Speedway Boulevard that's in North Las Vegas will be closed tonight from 9 p.m. until 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. This will also occur tomorrow. This traffic report was brought to you by Brakes Only Mobile Service. Go to brakesonly.net. Get your brakes done for about half the prices anywhere else from brakesonly.net. Our VIP service team comes right to you. Schedule your brake job now. Go to brakesonly.net. That's brakesonly.net. Brakesonly.net. News 3 Today, the best way to start your morning. I'm Kim Wagner. And I'm Dana Wagner. And just like you, we're Nevadans. What matters to you matters to us. Kim and Dana Wagner bring you breaking overnight news and the top local and national stories of the day. Plus, get traffic and weather together. I'm Kelly Curran. Count me in to give you your forecast every 10 minutes. And travel times so you get to work on time. Start your day with News 3 Today, weekday mornings from 4 to 7. Raiders fans announcing Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app. And you could score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Hey, everyone, Ed Graney from the Press Box here. Listen, turn hockey plays into major paydays at BetMGM, an official betting partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Just download the BetMGM mobile sports betting app today at BetMGM.com or from your app store. Then stop by any of the nine MGM resorts destinations on the Strip with your state-issued ID to verify your account details, and you'll be able to place bets from anywhere in Nevada. Get set for nonstop excitement with dozens of betting options, including live wagers, props, parlays, and much more. From slap shots to stick saves, BetMGM takes every hockey game to a thrilling new level. Sign up online and verify your account in person to wager on the Vegas Golden Knights and NHL action all season long at BetMGM. 
Don't let another game go by without having Nevada's best betting app in the palm of your hand. There's nothing like getting a W at the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older to wager and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This is for the men who never settle. The ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick. The type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera. And the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. When it comes to luxury, no one does it better than Findlay Cadillac in the Valley Auto Mall. From the exceptional crossover XT4 to the superb CT sedan and Escalade, the highest standards in automotive craftsmanship are found at Findlay Cadillac. Place your order, visit their award-winning showroom, and choose from their full inventory of new and certified pre-owned vehicles that are available for immediate delivery. Or visit them online at FindlayCadillac.com to place your reservation. If you're thinking Cadillac, think Finley Cadillac in the Valley Auto Mall. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Good day, Vegas pizza fans. This is your captain speaking, and on behalf of Fly Pie Pizza, we'd like to welcome you on board as we prepare to take off on the tastiest trip ever. That's right, Vegas. Fly Pie Pizza drive through has landed in town on St. Rose and Coronado, and they're open for lunch and dinner. What's Fly Pie Pizza? Fly Pie Pizza is delicious pizza on the fly. Drive through and order your favorite pizza, and they'll serve it up hot and fresh in 150 seconds. Oh, wow, that's really fast. Plan your next lunch or dinner at Fly Pie Pizza on St. Rose and Coronado. Now boarding. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. This sports update is brought to you by William Hill. For all your betting needs, William Hill has you covered. They even have live in-play wagering. For all the details, visit WilliamHill.us. Yesterday, the Las Vegas Raiders made it official as they hired Dave Ziegler as their new general manager. And the UNLV men's tennis team remained undefeated by posting a 4-love to victory over Weber State to close out the weekend Sunday at the Fertitta Tennis Complex. Bischoff's Briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's Briefs. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's Briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's Briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons. What an unpleasant Sunday. The United States lost to Canada 2-0 in a World Cup qualifier. 
You guys ready to panic? Not as much as you, obviously. No, we're not panicking yet because the United States played fine. I mean, mostly fine. They, they controlled most of the game, more of the game than Canada did. I mean, Canada scored early and they got to sit back and defend and that's how they want to play anyways. But like the United States dominated them in midfield. What yesterday showed is how bad we are at actually scoring because even though we dominated possession, even though we were much better in midfield, we couldn't score. We barely had any, you know, really good chances. So last year, United States had its like most successful year ever uh, in terms of like win loss record and winning trophies. They were excellent defensively all last year against CONCACAF teams. And they still have been in the, the couple of games they played in 2022. The problem, though, is that you're not always going to be perfect, even if you are good defensively. And yesterday, United States gave up an early goal because Matt Turner had a goal kick that went about 15 yards of where it needed to go. And then Miles Robinson just got obliterated in a one-on-one matchup. Turner and Robinson have been great for the past year, but they got beat. It happens, right? And when that mistake, when you have a problem that actually turns into a goal, and their team scores off one of your mistakes, the United States has a real problem outscoring those mistakes part of the issue is greg berhalter greg berhalter started jossie zardes yesterday instead of ricardo pepe as the striker and jossie zardes was useless but at the same time christian pulisic wasn't very good again our front uh three like Uh pulisic and zardes and uh brendan aronson got the start yesterday they weren't good and Pulisic hasn't been good this entire window, right? We need at times Christian Pulisic to play like he's the best player in the country. We need Christian Pulisic to play like he's the best player on the field, like he should be in a lot of these games. And he hasn't done that in back-to-back World Cup qualifiers. Uh, so uh, Greg Berhalter deserves some blame here because his team, regardless of whether it's been Pulisic or not, or Pepe or Zardes, whoever it is, they've had trouble scoring over the last year or so. They've been very good defensively. They don't give up many goals, but they've had trouble scoring even when they've won games. So Berhalter deserves a lot of blame, but at the same time, a guy like Christian Pulisic has to be better. We've got to get more from what should be our best player. Now, the reason I'm not too worried is looking to the future. We play Honduras on Wednesday. If we beat Honduras, we're in good shape. Um, obviously if they lose or draw to Honduras on Wednesday, then we can go into panic mode for the final three games of World Cup qualifying. But Honduras is already eliminated from World Cup qualifying. They can't make it. We're playing them in Minnesota where it's going to be like negative 16 degrees. Uh, Honduras might not even show up, to be honest with you. So we're going to win that game. If we lose that game Thursday, I, I will be in full panic mode. Right now, the United States needs to finish in the top three to advance the World Cup automatically. Fourth place gets a play-in game. Top three go automatically. Canada is basically in, right? They're in first. They're going to run away with this. The United States and Mexico both have 18 points. All the United States and Mexico, to that for that matter, have to do is finish ahead of Panama, who has 17 points, one behind us, and Costa Rica, who has 13 points. As long as we stay ahead of those two teams, we're going to the World Cup. Good news, we play both Panama and Costa Rica in March in the final rounds of World Cup qualifying. We control this whole thing, right? We win those games, we're going to the World Cup. They can't catch us. So that's great news. Plus, Panama and Costa Rica, not only do they have to play the United States, they both have to play Canada. And Panama also plays at Mexico 
on Wednesday. That's a tough so skid. We might not even have to play that well in the last four games of World Cup qualifying and still go to the World Cup because Panama and Costa Rica, they've got to they've got to win some games against good teams to make that happen. So Panama goes again. They're they're one point behind us, but their last four are at Mexico, Honduras at home. They'll win that at the United States and home to Canada. Costa Rica, who's way behind us, there's still a slight possibility, but they're pretty far back. They go to Jamaica, kind of tough. They're home to Canada, that's going to be tough. They go to El Salvador, kind of tough. And then they're home to the United States, which hopefully we're not playing for anything in that game. But if we are, that's going to be tough for both us and Costa Rica. So there's no real reason to be panicked or anything. All that matters is making the World Cup. Canada can finish 10 points ahead of us. Nothing matters in World Cup qualifying once you get to the World Cup, as long as you made the World Cup. So it doesn't really matter if Canada finishes first and we finish third in World Cup qualifying. We're both going to the World Cup, and that doesn't impact at all how we get seeded into groups in the World Cup. Actually, we're in a much better position for the World Cup than Canada is, assuming we make it, because we will be in pot two when they draw groups. Canada will be in pot four meaning Canada is going to be in the worst group of teams uh, for the pots, which means they'll have the hardest group once they actually draw the group. So we're in good shape. Yeah, it sucked that we lost to Canada. Yeah, it sucks that Canada looks a lot better than us at the moment, but we'll be fine. We're going to the World Cup. We're winning the World Cup in four years. Uh, I saw a tweet from um, Dave Ziegler's brother, Mark, uh yesterday <laughs> a couple things was was canada missing their best player and two more importantly to me yes. is more importantly to me is canada being i, I think they're ranked the top 10 because people might people might just see that automatically fair or not and say man canada is better than u.s in soccer how long has that been going on why why is canada so good in soccer comparative to the u.s and you said u.s dominated yesterday but i do think people look at canada and say wait a minute wait a minute how are they so good at soccer is that unfair yeah, it's it's the first time they have beaten us in a World Cup qualifier since 1980. Okay. Like Canada has has not been good at this sport. They I think they've been to one World Cup in their history. Um, they they to an extent kind of popped up. It wasn't I think like if you asked me this time last year, I wouldn't have been that worried about Canada being anything great. Um, but they they're in a similar situation that the U.S. is in, where they have a lot of good young players, and their their best player didn't play yesterday. Alfonso Davies is is He's better than Pulisic. He's the best player in, in the on the continent. He did not play yesterday. Uh, I'd argue Christian Pulisic, even though he was on the field, he didn't play yesterday either. <laughs> but uh, yeah, their best player didn't play yesterday. And they, they've got a lot of good young talent. The key difference to me, at least for the future, the United States has a lot more depth than Canada does. More like players, we, yeah. We should be able to handle injuries and all this a lot better. Now, granted, Canada had to handle injuries and not having their best player, and they beat us 2 nothing. But again, it wasn't – Canada did not obliterate the United States yesterday. That is that is not what happened. It, was Canada, a, it wasn't a dominating 2-0. Right. Canada got an early goal, and they were able to sit back, right? They Not that they, they – they played how they wanted to play. It's not like the United States pushed them around and it was some great U.S. dominance and they just got unlucky. Canada played well, but it wasn't – there was no reason to walk away from that thinking, wow, there's no chance the U.S. can beat Canada – we can beat Canada, right. right? Like it's like that we can beat Canada. So gave up an early goal. And then the second goal, the United States had 10 guys on the field because a guy was hurt and couldn't come back on. And we were pushing forward to try the second goal. I don't worry too much about because it happened in stoppage time, but 
it's not a matter so much of that like we can't beat Canada, but Canada is good. And there's a there's a good chance the next like this obviously going into this World Cup, but then the next four years, the next World Cup cycle before we host it here in North America, that it's us in Canada as two good teams, two legitimately good teams. Canada's FIFA world ranking still sucks, by the way. Like it's still there, I think in the forties still because they, they have forties? Yeah, because they haven't actually won anything yet. Like, the FIFA World Rank, like, we won two trophies last year, right? Like, we, and we beat Canada in the in one of those tournaments. So, like, we're still way ahead of them in FIFA World Cup rankings. And even if they finish first in World Cup qualifying and we finish third or whatever, we're still going to be way ahead of them in FIFA World Rankings because, yes, qualifiers are important, but what we did last year was so incredible. It was one of the best years a CONCACAF team has ever had, period, not just the U.S., it's going to be hard for anybody to catch us just because they beat us once in a home game in a World Cup qualifier. Right. So Canada's good. They absolutely are. But it's it'll be fun to see the next four years. The United States is good, too. Nothing to worry about unless we – if we lose to Honduras on Wednesday, there's a lot to worry about. We're in a lot of trouble if we lose to Honduras. If we beat Honduras on Wednesday, be fine. then we go into the final window and we'll need to win a game in there. And it's not – we don't have an easy path. We go to Mexico – host Panama and go to Costa Rica. That's pretty difficult, but we're, we're good. Like we're not going to lose all three of those games. So don't lose to Honduras and everything should be fine. We're good to go. And hopefully Christian Pulisic doesn't play like crap. Although he might not even play. They might not play him three straight games. They might, they might bring him off the bench or something, but hopefully he's not terrible. Coming up next, Vic Tafer joins the show. Joining us now from the athletic is Vic Tafer. And Vic, I, I want to start with this question on the GM and coaching searches here. Do we have another 51-49 power struggle between the head coach and GM? That's a great question. Um, I would think maybe a little more skewed towards the GM, but uh, that would be a question we asked those guys today. So um, I think definitely there will be a collaboration. Those guys know each other very well from the time in New England. Both they were college teammates, so they're good friends. So I think there's a collaboration. I, I don't know how close it will be as far as the, uh, the numbers and the ratio. What would your choice be, though? Because it just it seems like, and it's been a long time, I get that, it's been a long time since Denver. It seems when he had control of the roster, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world. Uh, Ziggler's been given credit by Belichick over the last few years about roster management. If you had a choice, should it be Ziggler and let McDaniels just coach the team? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, you give the coach some input, uh, some weighted input, but I think definitely, I think, very long-term and big-picture-wise, it behooves you to have the GM kind of be able to step back and look at things outside of the locker room. Do you have any idea in this process? Like, did Mark Davis, like, did he truly walk away thinking Ziggler was the best GM candidate he interviewed and McDaniels was the best head coach he uh, candidate he interviewed? Or do you think he fell in love with one and got talked into the other by whoever he fell in love with? Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a Packers deal. I'm sure both guys came in and talked about how they wanted to work with the other guy. And I think you know, Mark was open to having a new, a new regime, kind of a new face on things. So I'm not sure who you like better of the two, but Ziggler was going to be the first in the whole process, and Daniels was last. So I think it's somewhere in the middle there. On Marcus' side, that was the way you wanted to go. Vic, tell us what you think about Josh McDaniels. Like I said, everyone points to Denver. It might not be fair. It was a long time ago. They point to Indianapolis, how he backed down in the end in 2018. But offensively, he has numbers there that would suggest he can make you know more out of Derek Carr and specific parts of the offense in the red zone and elsewhere. So once it was finalized, what was your initial thought that it was him? 
Yeah, I think it makes sense. And you look at the, uh, he's got six rings. Obviously, I feel like I say it was all Belichick, but I'm sure he had a role in it. And everyone speaks highly of his quarterback, you know, coaching skills. And uh, you look at even besides Tom Brady, like Matt Castle had a big year for the Patriots when Brady was hurt. Uh, Mac Jones this year. So I think he definitely has that pedigree. Obviously, you look at his background. And to me, the Broncos thing, I mean, you hope he's learned from that. You hope he's been humbled a little bit. Um, to me, the biggest uh, blemish in that, Mark, was that he actually wanted and drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. So that's, uh, that's alarming to me. But, uh, again, people grow. They mature. They get wiser. So we'll see what happens. Wait, who's Tim Tebow now? They're going to trade Derek Carr, and who are they going to draft as their Tim <laughs> Tebow now? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but I think the, the Carr thing, obviously, is a, is a fascinating topic. That'll be something we talk about for the next two months. I mean, I know – we're going to talk about how both these guys, Ziegler and McDaniels, like their car, but what else are they going to say right now? They have to say that. So uh, it's a big question mark. Is one year left on this deal? What do you do with, with that? And what are their, their real thoughts on, on his future with the Raiders? What do you think of, like, where, where the Raiders stand in the AFC, where you've got five teams that have young quarterbacks that might be really good in the future? Like, if... If you're the Raiders, are you trying to chase those teams down with Derek Carr, or do you think you're better off going into another rebuild saying, hey, we're not going to catch those guys right now. We need to try to get better everywhere and try again in two or three years. I can see it both ways. I think that's one of the big things about this new regime and what's going to happen in the next you know, few weeks. Because you look at the defense, and defense I thought was pretty, you know, obviously a lot better this year than in the past. I almost said they are pretty good, but they're good. I think Gus Bell did a nice job, but now if he's, if he's not back, you lose the, uh, the, the eight guys who were former players. That's kind of the heart of the defense. So it's kind of a whole rebuild besides you know, three or four pieces on the defense. It's hard to say where the team really is as far as being competitive next year without knowing what happens on defense. Is there any chance Gus Bradley's back? I mean, Or does he come in and say, look, it's just going to be a whole new regime? Yeah, someone asked me on Twitter. I think I said 2%. So I, I, I mean, of all the guys in the staff, I think he has the best chance of coming back. I don't think it's a good chance. I think Alex McDowell has a guy who he knows pretty well. I mean, the, the hot talk is Mike Martindale, who also has a Mark Davis, and Al Davis ties. So I think they bring in their own guy, and, and Gus moves on somewhere else. You tweeted just a few minutes ago that you had no idea Gus Bradley did a great job this season was a hot take. Who's who's yelling at you for saying Gus Bradley did a great job? Oh, the readers. Like, I jumped in on my little stuff at comps today, so I, I, once in a while I throw my bone and I jump in the comment section and, let him present at me. But, yeah, people were mad. They said he did a bad job and red zone defense, blah, blah, blah. Chiefs blew him out twice, blah, blah, blah. People forgot how bad his defense was, I guess. I mean, <laughs> they were competitive in my mind, and I think that gave him a chance to win, I want to say, like in 14 or 15 of the games. I thought they were pretty good, especially when you consider that he had a lot of the baggage from before he got there to deal with, like, you know, Cleveland Farrell, Damon Arnett, uh, Corey Littleton, Nick Piercosta guys didn't play towards the end of the year, so. I thought he did a great job, and I guess that's uh, I guess that's controversial. <laughs> you know, everyone's saying Carr, and should you extend him? Should you not extend him? But you, you know, McDaniel's is an offense coordinator. I saw a tweet yesterday. He's like, "Well, he's about to give Hunter Renfro a hundred different options." Um, is Hunter Renfro a guy that you think under McDaniel's even flourishes more? Are there are more things they probably need a number one wide receiver. They definitely need help on the offensive line. Like, how do you think this offense goes, no matter who the quarterback is? I was clearly need a Henry Ruggs type guy, probably in the draft, a guy, a young guy who can stretch the defenses and, and, and go deep. I think that was definitely, uh, you saw how much they missed that after he was gone. I think Renfro will have a huge role, I'm sure. Darren Waller, I mean, obviously not have a big role, but they need another guy. They need a number one, you know, big speed option at wide receiver. Do you think it's going to matter at all how much the players loved Rich Passaccia? 
Well, yeah, they're, 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 they're sad. I mean, they definitely they love the guy. I and mean, you look at it, I think people talk about last year being a playoffs or a bust year. They made the playoffs. They won ten games, and yet they're going to have you know a total new, a new front office, a new staff. They have no idea what their role. I mean, most, there's a handful of guys who know what their roles are going to be. But most of the guys have no idea what their roles will be next year, what their draft status is. So, yeah, I think they're sad. But you know, players, it's a business. They get over it at some point, and by the time we're in training camp next year, it'll be oh yeah, we're all boys. We're great. We're we're going to go all the way. And the optimism always comes back around July. I don't know if anyone thought Rich had a legitimate shot here, but then it comes out today that he uh, is interviewing for the Jacksonville Jaguars job. You know Rich as well as anyone. Did you? Is he a head coach? I mean, he took over as an intern basis and did a great job. We all understand that. Are you surprised now? Uh, the first report was Chicago as a special teams coach. That made sense. Are you surprised the Jags this late in the process are going to take a look at him, or am I missing something in terms of how good a head coach he could be long term? I think even the Jags, obviously last year was a nightmare as a coach and, you know, sticking nights off and getting people sitting in his lap in bars and not doing a great job and the whole team hated him. So I think you see a guy who made the playoffs, the players all say how much they loved him and a, a team culture was being built. you got to give him a look, right? I think, I mean, there's definitely questions about is he really a head coach and how it work if he, if he relies too much as coordinators. But that was his first year doing it. I'm sure he's learned some things. And, the fact that the players loved them as much as they did, and they won four games in a row when their backs were against the wall, definitely speaks well, I think, for Rich. And if I'm the Jags, why not give him a try and see what he says? Because you know, their culture's been terrible. So if there's a guy who players say is a culture-building kind of coach, then who knows? Vic, you reported over the weekend that Mark Davis was enjoying the buzz uh, surrounding Josh McDaniels possibly becoming the Raiders head coach. Was there a lot of positive buzz around Josh McDaniels? I don't positive, but it seems like Nashville, <laughs> like he was like, apparently he was a sexy choice of all these guys who getting jobs. He was a guy who had some kind of pedigree, and some people like, you know, thought he deserved another chance to coach. So I think there's definitely, and whether the buzz is positive or negative, I mean, I think Mark definitely uh, enjoys it, and definitely uh, this is the biggest name outside of Harbaugh that he's probably get this cycle. And I think Harbaugh didn't make any sense because I think it was too close to Gruden. I think um, you have to go a little more progressive in terms of who you hire this time around. Big Taver of The Athletic here with us in the press box. Uh, I want to stay there just for a second then because you didn't think he made sense. Do you think there's any chance they talked? And was this, and we're, you know, we're hearing now Harbaugh might talk to Minnesota, he might talk to Miami. All along, do the odds favor this was just leverage for Harbaugh and he wants a better deal where he's at? That was my read because uh, all the noise that I heard came from Michigan. I didn't hear one peep out of, uh, I don't know about you, but I didn't hear one peep out of Las Vegas as far as Harbaugh. So I think if there really was... Any kind of interest there had to be, you know, some betting of it, and maybe Harbaugh could see what was going on here. But I never got the sense that there was an option because one, he wants at least nine million dollars a year, and he wants a long, big-term contract. I don't know. I mean, is he worth nine, ten million dollars a year to come in? And other question mark is how much does he want to say in personnel when he left the 49ers? He complained about not having a bigger role in, in, in personnel. So to me, it sounds like a headache. Uh, and again, I think. I, think, I mean, the one thing about McDaniels, he's still pretty young. He's kind of a, a forward-thinking guy, which is definitely something I think you want uh, today in the, in the NFL. Well, he is Vic Taver from The Athletic. Vic, as always, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Vic. All right, guys. Take, Take care, care guys. So. Yeah, that's really good stuff, especially on the Harbaugh stuff. I mean, yeah, more Harbaugh. and more, you, you've said it as well, that you know, if tomorrow or the next day he comes out with a five-year extension from Michigan for like $40 million or whatever, you're like, all right, well, you know, was he ever in play here at all? 
I also, again, I can't get over the Mel Tucker deal. I love that Vic says that Harbaugh wants $9 million and that's still less than Mel Tucker's yeah. making. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. How did Michigan State give that guy $9.5 million? Think about this. I'm pretty sure that Flint, Michigan still doesn't have great water, and the two highest paid employees in that state are going to be Mel Tucker and one of the Harbaugh brothers that I never can remember the first name of. Jim. Jim has an M, and he's at Michigan. That's why he can't leave, because then I will forget how no, I because which No, he's going works. to Minnesota. Oh, that would or Miami. Yes, if he goes to Minnesota or Miami, it continues to work. So those are two very good places that he can actually end up going. Jim Harbaugh and Mark Ziegler. Oh God, I haven't I haven't done it actually. Have no. I? I haven't called him no. Mark the entire show. No. Okay, I typed it in the rundown. I know I did that, but I haven't actually done it. I'm just going last name. I'm just gonna forget his first name entirely. Hey, I'm all worried, right. I'm worried I'm missing something because he said uh, when we talked to them today, I keep refreshing to see if there's a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> like hold on a second hold on all right we got two tickets to go see luke bryan he is coming to las vegas february 25th at resorts world theater luke bryan tickets 702-364-1100 is the phone number we got two tickets for his show on february 25th at resorts world so if you want to go see luke bryan we got a pair of tickets for you right now 702 702- 364-1100. We'll take caller number nine at 702-364-1100. Streamers from the Raptors, another victory for the Grizz. They continue to roll. They roll tonight, 115-95. You're locked in the press box. Congratulations to Patricia. She won tickets to go see Luke Bryan. We also gave away tickets to go see uh, Slayer. No, excuse me, Slash, Slash. And, uh, and NHL Fan Fest. We are going to have those throughout the week. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned. If you want to attend any of those, we will have tickets for you. Um, before we finish the show, Ed, what the hell happened with Damon Arnett? Uh, well, Jesus. I think he is who he is. <laughs> I don't think there's... I don't think there's much explanation there to where he's a character uh, guy. Yeah. He's uh he's one of those high character guys that they signed. Um, you know, he has the issue with brandishing the gun and forcing or threatening someone he's released, gets a second chance, gets a second chance with the Chiefs, and now arrested again, threatening a valet uh member with a gun. Um this is I think this is just who this guy is. I don't no excuses, no say, Oh, he made a mistake. These are all choices, these are not mistakes. And I think we're looking probably at who the person was. And it goes back to Mike Mayock said there were red flags of him coming out of Ohio State. They felt that they could do better for him and they could, you know, uh, make those go away, whatever the issues were. And obviously they couldn't. Obviously the Chiefs couldn't the short time they had him. And um, I think this is who he is. One one time's one thing. Twice is just a completely other thing. Did he ever actually get to Kansas City? Because they signed him to one of those futures contracts, so it wasn't for this season. It was just uh, for him, basically like. No, I don't think camp. he ever got there. I don't. Right. I don't think he ever was like working out with them. Man, that is it's incredible, and it's still uh, you didn't even touch on the Adam Schefter report that he crashed four rental cars yeah. in four weeks. Uh, you love is, that. It's, it's it is it's, come on. It can't be real. I don't believe it. I honestly don't believe it's real. How? How? How did he keep getting rental cars? How do you crash for any cars, let alone rental cars? How do you crash for any cars within four weeks? It's it's incredible. I, I don't believe that actually happened. Also, 
Did you see Evander Kane scored in his first game with the Edmonton Oilers? I did not. I did not. It just sort of deflected off his body and went in the net. It wasn't like some crazy good goal. Those are our favorite goals. They are our favorite goals. Oh, by the way, Golden Knights game. Do you know how many dumb goals we had in that game? I wanted to say the... I wanted to say the... It's a tough call between the Carrier goal and the White Cloud goal. (laughs) I I think... I'm going to go... Let me think here. Let me hear your thoughts. I'm going to go the dumbest one was Carrier. Okay. Will Carrier's goal was classic hockey is dumb because Will Carrier tries to pass the puck. And it's a bad pass because Andre Vasilevsky sticks his stick out there and blocks the pass. But it went straight up in the air and deflected off a of Tampa Bay Lightning's like torso and just bounced into the net. Yes. Like no one actually took a shot. For the Golden Knights, but they scored a goal on a bad pass that got broken up by the goalie. Zach Whiteclouds isn't exactly classic hockey is dumb because Zach Whitecloud actually shoots the puck into Robin Leonard's leg. <laughs> he's trying, he's he's in the crease trying to clear the puck off the line and shoots it into Leonard's leg, where in all seriousness, if Zach Whitecloud had done nothing on the play. They don't give up a goal. Like, literally, Leonard, they would Leonard have might have just covered it up. Right. It would not have gone into the back of the net. If right. Zach Whitecloud had just stayed away there, with it, the refs probably blow it dead once they lose sight of the puck or something right. like that. But because Zach Whitecloud was, like, trying to clear it and clears it right in the litter, it ends up bouncing around and deflecting into the net. Very hockey is dumb. And then we weren't done. I can't remember who it was for Tampa Bay. But during the shootout... One of the lightning shots hit off the post and then off of Leonard's back and went in the nets. <laughs> that was almost the, well, I think it was William Carlson scored to keep the shootout going right after that. Right. But that was almost the game winning goal in the shootout was a shot off the post, off Leonard's back, and into the back of the net. Hockey is dumb. And that game against Tampa Bay was very much a dumb hockey game. So are you excited now about Robin Leonard and shootouts? Yes, Dave Shane about it. He can't lose. He's, t- yeah, he's he is tied he for good. the league lead in shootout wins this wow. season. Wow. You think I like shootout? Tied you think I like the shootout? For the league. Do you think I like lead. the shootout? Since that answer, he is three and one in shootouts. And one of the goals he gave up was actually a miss off the post that somehow bounced uh, off his own back. You gotta be lucky to beat him. You can't yeah. even be good anymore. He's good in the shootouts. It's very exciting for Robin Leonard. I mean, not that it matters in the postseason, but if Robin Leonard's suddenly good at shootouts, what isn't he good at? Is this? I don't think does the skills contest have shootouts. I don't think so. They do the the uh, has the longest fastest? save. They do the longest save streak where it's basically a shootout, and they see which goalie can make the most consecutive saves. So it is basically a shootout, though. Yeah. It, yes, it is. It's okay. not like the okay. three shots and somebody advances type okay. thing, but it's it's just. You go out there and uh, they if you save 12 in a row, great. If the next guy saves 13 in a row, you he lose wins. and he wins, right? Okay. So they do have a shootout style thing. I I have we figured out what uh what uh, medieval games are for the mascots yet? I have not figured that out. That's the one thing I'm very interested in seeing. They're going to joust on the ice with no skates. 
That sounds dangerous. Oh, I assume they were going to each get like a little kid to ride on their shoulders with a big stick. And Sounds even more dangerous. That's really dangerous. Well, little kid. All, all I'm saying is every time I see mascots involved in stuff, it's somehow they're wrecking children. I say it's dangerous, and you immediately go to, well, what if we hurt some kids, too? Can you just imagine how tall that kid would be on Gritty's back? That kid would be like 14 feet off the ice. I, that'd be really dangerous if that kid fell. What are you going to do if Gritty doesn't isn't here for the All-Star Game. I mean, boycott. On, you can't even can't even say something like that, right? You can't even I mean, say something like that for mascots. I, I, we, if, he, if he's not in a mascot competition, then throw the mascot competition out. Why? Why fair. would you even have it? Have we confirmed that Gritty's going to be here? I mean, no. But if there's a if there's a, any kind of mascot okay. situation, he's going to be here. Absolutely. How are you going to feel? How are you going to feel if Chance beats oh, him? Oh, don't all say. First of all, they already stuffed the ballot box last year when they named Chance the uh, number one mascot over Gritty. That was obviously a complete disaster. Um, <laughs> obviously, stuffing the ballot box. Uh, there's no, there's no chance that's true. Uh, no okay, intended. all we will say is that based on previous endorsements. Ed is suing multiple uh, NHL uh, ballot <laughs> counting boxes for like you know a billion dollars. But like, are we going to have obviously thrown mascot challenges? Thrown? Like yeah, like, like guys taking dives. Like they're going to be fixed. Yeah, like the obviously oh. rigged mascot. Well, challenges. and if they do, they'll give it a chance because it's his home arena. Oh, they'll fix man. it for him because it's his home arena. We are going to have. You are not going to be happy if that happens, right? Like no. that's going to be the most angry you will have been. Write an entire column on it, ripping the NHL. <laughs> it's me? a travesty. It's a travesty. I don't <laughs> care. Josh McDaniels, who cares about that? They they screwed Gritty out of a championship. The I sanctity a... of our elections. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there is a race, and it's Gritty and Chance in first and second coming to the end. And somebody comes out and just tackles Gritty to make sure he doesn't win. Yeah, if it's a race, I'm not liking that because Chance doesn't have the, uh, let's say, the lower body heftiness of Gritty. <laughs> um, I don't know how to really put that. But uh, Gr- Gritty's big down down below. Whoa, geez, seven-second delay on that. No. Uh, what, what am I <laughs> talking about? No, that's, no, I mean, that's our new promo. I mean, I'm hitting chairs. <laughs> I'm putting down uh, armrests. I'm talking about Gritty's uh, mass. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, his, his chance better not beat him in anything. That's all you gotta say. His mass is very low to the ground. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so if he's if he's in some kind of race, chance is gonna have a, a huge advantage. But if it's like you know some sort of I mean, if it's some kind of fight or something, then low it's man over. wins. Gritty's got a oh, low man advantage. wins. He'll he'll destroy chance people. Is, chance is very top heavy. His head's yes. pretty big. <laughs> he's probably going down if there's any sort of fight. Gritty's got that handle. But you're right. If it's a race. It's got to be Chance. Gritty's like nine feet tall. He'll just hold Chance's head, and Chance will be like flailing and trying to like punch him, and he won't come close. Just give us 30 minutes of Gritty being Gritty for the All-Star game, and I'll watch that instead.